It's the Tim Cornwall Show with Joe Santorsa. Bringing you news from the front lines of the battle to restore the soul of America. And now, here's your host, Tim Cornwall. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to episode 674 of the Tim Cornwall Show for Sunday, November 6, 2022. We are two days to the midterm elections, and I'm joined on the show once again by my co-host, co-producer, and resident Photoshop expert, the one, the only, Joe, no longer at Marnus3 on Twitter. <laughs> I am at Marnus three. That that's my network. <laughs> so there. Right. Um, yeah. So here I am. One week. Twitter. All list. right. Also joining us from down Tennessee way, Adam Hebert. How are you, Adam? I'm well. Thank you for asking, Tim. Uh, we got a little something from the Anime Con, but I'll be okay. Hope it's not the COVID. I, I'm pretty sure it isn't. All right. And from down Atlanta, way big election happening down there. Seth P23, how are you, Seth? I'm doing good, Tim. And thanks for having me on the show again. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you back. And from down North Carolina, again, joining us this week. We love having our. It's uh, T Brown. How are you, T? Hey, guys. Looking forward to this election so we can get it over and done with. That's right. Oh. Vote. That's right. I got my ballot on Wednesday, filled it out, ran it to the post office, put it right back in the mail. So. I have voted, so so T, what's happening? What yeah. is happening down North Carolina Way? I'm, well, we're hoping that um, cool heads prevail and that we get people who actually are people focused, not corporate focused. Yes. Yeah, I'm really hoping Sherry Beasley pulls out uh, gets pulls out the stops there in North Carolina. Um, let me see. Uh, weather's great. We're going into the beginning of a week, and hopefully everything goes smoothly. Just thought I'd repeat that. Yes, we're going to be. A, it's going to be a nail biter Tuesday, I think, <laughs> and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, because <laughs> I don't think we're going to get the results probably till Friday or Saturday with these states that can't count the ballots, mail-in ballots in advance. So. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So, T, what else is going on? Anything else? Uh, it's pretty quiet, pretty smooth. Um, right now, um, we have, we're kind of holding off on things. Uh, they're actually trying to bring up uh, changing some of the abortion laws and regulations down here. But they're actually going to hold off till after the election. Oh, okay. Hmm. Mm. Well, yeah, I, of course. They don't want to piss people off. They're not stupid. Right. They're crazy, not stupid. Yeah. So, <laughs> T, can I ask you, have you voted, or are you, are you one of those that's going to hold out and go on election day? No, 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 no. First day early voting. Went in, got it done. All right. Yay. Yay. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, thank you, T. You are Teresa Black 7771 on the Twitter machine, and where else can people check you out? Ah, you can see me over on Tickety Talk, uh, T Brown seven 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 seven, or Spotify Conversations Tea Time with T. All right, thank you, T. Always glad to have you back. And Seth, big election, big election happening down in down in Georgia. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, I mean, you know, 
definitely between Warnock and Abrams, and we've got a bunch of other local officials, and it's 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 a big deal, you know. And um, but I, I feel good about it. I'm not going to worry about the polls. Me and everybody I know has already gone out and early voted. And uh, when I was at the, you know, when I this one library where I used to early vote, I couldn't go to it this time because it was so crowded. There was just lines every single day that I went there. Oh. And I was like, I'm going to have to find me another place because I can't wait in the line that long, which I did. And I found a place that I didn't have to wait. And But my point is, is that like the one spot that everybody goes to is just mad crowded. And um, so I think that's encouraging. And I think it's also encouraging that I saw, you know, young people at the precinct where I voted as well as at the library I tried to vote at. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen to him. Honestly, I don't know, but I know that I'm not going to give up no matter what happens. That's right. You know, I mean, I'm going to keep on keeping on and, and, you know, supporting my candidates and supporting democracy and supporting everything I can, you know, to so that we don't have to be give up all the things that Republicans want us to give up, you know, in regards to women's rights to choose, the ability to have free and fair elections. All this stuff is on the ballot right now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, no matter what happens, I'm going to continue, you know, making my stand and being who I am and supporting those causes and those ideas. Can I ask you, can I ask you when, when you went to the library and you saw that big long line several Mm -hmm. times, were people handing out water? (laughs) Um, no, no, I, I, you know, I didn't see that. Um, the, the, I mean, I don't, I think people would are, the thing about Georgia voters is they're, they're smart, you know, I mean, no matter what kind of nonsense people throw at them, they'll figure it out. Like, you know, people used to say, oh, voter IDs are going to really suppress the vote and, and this and that and the other. And working as a poll, I saw this 80 year old man who came in on his walker and um, and sure enough, he, he he you know asked for his ID and he had a state sponsored voter ID card. And I don't know how much trouble that man had to go to get that. Like, did he take public transit? Did he have to wait a long line? I don't know. But that that man that man's walker made it to the voting voting precinct and had the proper ID was registered. And what I'm trying to say is. Georgia voters are determined, mm-hmm. and we're not going to take this nonsense. No matter what kind of stuff they throw at us, we're, we're going to wait in line. We're going to do vote early. We're going to do whatever it takes to make our voices heard. Mm-hmm. And I think you can see the evidence of that with the election of Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. Yeah, well, I, the reason I ask you that is because I remember back when um, Georgia, the Georgia legislature cha- passed that bill to change the voting laws and made it illegal to hand out water. Yeah, yeah. People were standing in line. But I remember, well, well, let me just finish. What I was going to say is, I remember all these people were saying, I don't care. I'm going to be there handing out water anyway. And I was wondering if people followed through or if they just kind of forgot about it. Um, if you see that, you're more likely to see it on voting day Probably. as opposed to early voting. Maybe, yeah. I would think. And um, But what I, the point I was trying to get to with the Georgia voters is they're smart enough to bring their own water. Right. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> right. If that's going to be an issue. And, and the, the real reason why the Republicans started to made that an issue, and I don't know if it was reported as much in the media, but I can tell you because I had to wait in the long lines is – is Democrats, what they would do, well, I don't know if them for a fact to be Democrats, but I'm going to assume that they were, but that not only did they bring out water, 
and stations, but they brought all kinds of food. They brought out pizzas. They brought out, they set up tables and chairs and they were like, look, we know you guys have to wait in line for several hours. Here's some food. I mean, people were like, you want a beer? You can have, you know, people were like everything, water, soda, beer, pizza. And, and they were bringing all kinds of stuff out for people because they knew that they would have to be in lines for a long time. I mean, people were like, oh, you want me to hold your spot so you can go to the restroom? Not a problem. And so that's kind of where that idea of not passing out water was, because I think I think the Republicans had it in their head that, oh, they're just going to make it a big party to vote and bring all kinds of stuff. And it's and, and that's going to motivate voter turnout. And we have to do what we can to suppress it. Hmm. But it was it, but I think that fail. That's that, you know, like I said, they keep trying to hold us back and we just keep pushing through it. So, yeah, there's that. Well, I got I got high hopes for Stacey Abrams. I got high hopes for Raphael Warnock. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we all know what that was about. It was about getting you know certain people. <clears throat> I'm sorry, my allergies. Uh, yeah. You know, who you know I need to go to use the bathroom, but I can't leave the line because I'm you know I might not get the vote. So they're basically, or I'm hungry. You know, so yeah. again, they're putting you in, in this position to have to choose. Um, and they're hoping it discourages people from even showing up to the polls. Well, I think, you know, I mean, we saw in previous elections that they shut down polling places and, and consolidated them to the point where people were having to stand in line for like 12 hours to vote. You know, so. Well, the way that we countered that was we now know that they're going to do that. So we all vote early because Mm -hmm. we know that's going to happen. And I can tell you being a poll worker, working at a precinct, the voter turnout on election day is a lot lower than it used to be because everybody's working early. So, you know, whatever they and that's throw why at the Republicans we'll hate it. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That's what, that's you true. know, that's why the Republicans hate it because they've told their people, Oh, you can't trust early voting, blah, 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 blah. So of course their people don't early vote because they've been told not to. So then they see that, uh, well, early voting is just a tool for the Democrat party. Yeah, well, no, it's because you guys are a bunch of fucking idiots who told your people not to use this tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have, they could have voted early. There's no problem with it. And the thing is, I want people to vote. I don't care if you're Republican. You know why? Because I'm confident enough that our positions are more popular that we're gonna win. Yeah. yeah. Well, so tell people where they can check you out. Well, I'm currently on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know how long Twitter is even going to last. I honestly, I guys, I really think the day is going to wake up where I'm going to look at my phone and it's just shut down. I mean, the way things are going, because it's it was already barely afloat, not making much money. And now with Elon's antics, I mean, they could turn the lights off at any moment now. So anywho, you can still find me on Twitter at, at Seth P 23. And uh, my partner, Elaine, and I, we have an Instagram account, Vegan ESP, and you can check out our vegan food on the Instagram if you like. All right. Thank you, Seth. Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of waiting and watching what happens. But I saw um, Friday that a bunch of advertisers pulled out, big advertisers pulled out of Twitter. But yeah, they don't want to deal with the controversy. And the way that Musk is behaving is so weird. Like, why would you want to put your money into that, into him, and in, in his platform where he's just acting erratically and you just don't know what he's going to do next? Well, you saw he laid off half the staff over yeah. the weekend. And it's, it's about getting attention. It's about he, he – first of all, he has in his head that him being rich means he's smart. 
Yeah. All right. Second of all, it's about the attention. It's about the fact that now people have, you know, people are, you know, talk, you know, talking to him, air quotes, about their blue check marks. And he's just, you know, again, it's about, it's a power trip. Yeah. Well, the whole blue check mark thing is, is stupid because what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? The whole blue check mark was supposed to be that you're verified if you're a celebrity or something like that or a politician or whatever. But now anybody can pay $8 a month and get a blue check mark. So what's the point of it? You know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so, but it's, it's just dumb. And, you know, he tried to get people to pay $20. What does Stephen King say? Uh, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, I will. We shall see. We shall see. So, and, and this, this scheme isn't going to last once someone pays $8 to get a blue check mark when they're not that person. Right. You know, that, you know, that's going to get Elon in court. I mean, the thing is, is that he's playing with an Acme Dynamite kit and, it's going to blow up in his face. It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Well, did you see how they did? How they laid off half the staff? They sent mm-hmm. him an email. Oh, there's a class and, action suit because, and the, yeah, they probably violated um, federal California and, law. Yeah, you know, California Cal- law says you got to give them sixty day notice if you're going to lay off more than seventy five people. I saw um, uh, Lisa Bloom talking about this on Twitter, and they're like, "Yeah, no, that's the law. If there's more than seventy five people, you got to give them sixty days notice." And obviously, overnight, those two days wasn't sixty days, so they're filing a class action sh- suit. And I mean, you know, it's, it's weird. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying two does not equal sixty? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We've established math is not their strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we shall see. We shall see. But thank you, Seth. Adam, what's going on, Tennessee Way? Tell me you voted. I did, yes. Um, You know, uh, I'm discouraged by the tightening polls. Although I'm not surprised just because um, we we know how Republicans work. They they hem and haw, and they're like, well, you know, is Dr. Oz crazy enough for me? We all know they're going to vote for the Republican. Same thing with, with Herschel Walker. Some of them might have been turned off by his stupidity or the crimes he's done in the past by threatening his wife, but they're they're all going to come home, and that's the problem with Republicans. You know, that's the problem with Democrats is we don't do that. If we don't get our pony that farts glitter and shits gold, we're not coming home. We're yeah. not, you know, like if we don't get the candidate we want, we're not going to vote. For, we're not going to pull a letter for Democrats. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm sick of the horse race. I'm sick of the political ads on TV. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. And that's the thing is I, a lot of the reason why the polls are tightening is definitely because that's what the media wants. After Tuesday. That's you know, they want a horse race. But I'm also saying that one reason why the, Democra- or the Democrats tend to struggle is because, again, we tend to vote based on our conscience. They tend to vote based on Whoever you know, whichever person has an R next to his name, that sounds white enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just I'm looking forward to Wednesday when I no longer have to see Doug Mastriano's big ugly mug <laughs> on my TV going. Join, I mean, he'll win. Join but us. It's like, <clears throat> oh, he's not going to win. <laughs> yeah, you think Doug Mastriano's going to win? No, 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 no. He's going to lose. That's what I meant. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's well, like it's like every time they go to commercial, they have this little short clip of him saying there. Join us in bringing freedom to Pennsylvania. <laughs> like, oh my God! I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I'm concerned that John Fetterman is going to lose. 
I am not. Mm, I have. I, I, I don't know. I don't, honestly, it's it's fair. I mean, it's a fair concern to have. I mean, it shouldn't be that close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, what you're seeing is Republicans are saying, I don't care if he's not from Pennsylvania. He's a Republican. That's good enough for me. That's the thing is that Republicans always do that. They will vote. If you <clears throat> if you put an R next to the name of a dog turd, Republicans would vote for the dog turd. Yeah. Well, they well, already did. I it's guess we're just going to we're just going to have to wait and see. But I think Fetterman is going to pull it out. So. So, um, yeah. So, Adam, tell people where they can check you out. You can check me out not on Twitter, just like our our dear friend Joe here. Um, I'm uh, I currently do Dread Time Stories every, uh, well, most Wednesdays. Um, although we will probably be winding that down for the season after Christmas. Uh, fun fact: Christmas was the traditional ghost story season in Victorian oh. England. Oh. So, um, I will be pursuing a new pro- uh, another project. I just don't know what yet. But uh, you can also hear me most Fridays on a Mythical Moment on some sh- bizarre, strange program no one here has heard of uh, called It Came From uh, Cincinnati, I think. I- <laughs> You're close. Close. Same state. Mm. All right. Thank you, Adam. Always glad to have you back. Joe, What's well, you got your ear to the ground up there in uh, Scranton? What's yeah, and I got a tick. You know, put your ear to the ground, ticks, right? <laughs> um, and that tick told me that Fetterman's going to pull this one out. I think he is too. Yeah, yeah, because I think most people look at it and say, well, stroke victim – he may not have his speech auditory uh, understanding right, but I would have voted for him if he was still in a coma. Right. <laughs> and they had to wheel him out on a gurney onto the Senate floor. Mm-hmm. I would have voted for him. In fact, God forbid, I mean, if he had passed away, I would have still voted for him. Mm, right. <laughs> um, so there was no way I was going to vote for Oz. Um, first of all, they're making a big deal out of him and his speech. Uh, I've listened to Herschel Walker's speech. Uh, he, he did not have a stroke. Uh, <laughs> and he is not going to recover from that. Right. Uh, I know Fetterman is. Herschel Walker is going to be stupid the rest of his life. Um, so um, all they want him to do is nod yes when they tell him to and no when they tell him not to mm-hmm. and uh, I'm pretty sure he can follow those instructions I'm not certain about that either right <laughs> I'm even I even suspect if he were elected which I don't think is going to happen um, he might accidentally caucus with the Democrats and not know it <laughs> right <laughs> so you never know you never know you know but uh I hope he has that Heisman Trophy ready, you know, so he could put it on his desk hmm. uh, at home. Right. Okay. So you can find me on Facebook. I don't know. They kicked me off Twitter. <laughs> I don't know why, but they did. You told us why okay. last week. <laughs> did I? <laughs> oh. Okay. I, I mean, I, I thought I toned that thing back. It was worse when I wrote it the first time. Um, but... Well, Elon Musk does not have a thick hide. 
<laughs> Let's put it that way, okay? Uh, but he's an Afrikaner, right? So that's what you would expect. Um, right? I mean, he grew up in apartheid uh, South Africa. He's an Afrikaner, which is the Dutch, uh, you know, settlers down there who took over minority rule. And they're trying to put minority rule here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, permanent minority rule. But uh, it's not going to work. And uh, you can find me on Facebook declaring that all the time. And you can find me on WordPress, jsantorsa.wordpress.com, where you have the clown car update every week. And Friday night, 7 to 10 Eastern, I'm on, it came from, yeah, it was Cleveland, um, on radioforhumans.com. And um, sometimes uh, this weirdo gives us a mythical moment or something. (laughs) I don't know. We've been trying to, to purge him, but we haven't been able to. All right. Thank you, Joe. Tim Cormall, hailing from both D.C. and Pittsburgh. I got to go back to D.C. I'm like a bad penny. I always turn up. Yep. I got mm. to go back to D.C. You're like herpes. So uh, next uh, next week, so not this coming week, but the next week, because guess what? I got called for jury duty. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So wow. uh, I'm not looking wow. forward to that. But uh, oh, you, anyway. Did you see the skit on Saturday Night Live, Tim? No, I did not. No, I did not watch Saturday Night Live. Well, they, the funniest skit they did was uh, ask your doctor about COVID. Oh, okay. How to get out of going back to the office or going to a funeral or a wedding you don't want to go to. Oh, cool. Right? Ask your doctor about COVID. <laughs> you know, and uh, they, they, were, they even were offering free po- positive tests that already have the two pink lines already drawn on them. <laughs> so you could get a two-week uh, excuse for anything. Ah, okay. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Check yeah, it out. I haven't been watching Saturday Night Live because I watched the first couple episodes uh, the season and it was it was terrible. Yeah, terrible. it was. But, and, but, uh, but Amy Schumer was the guest host yesterday. Ah, okay. Yeah, but uh, I just and, – and then I just am sick of Colin Jost's lame jokes about Biden being old. I just am tired of that. It's just – it's not That's funny. Fair. It's not funny and it's just mean. So I just kind of mm-hmm. took a break, so – Anyway, <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't. So blame you. I Tim, know what you mean. Tim Cormall on the Facebook and and I'm still on the Twitter for now. So <laughs> and Tim Cormall, join us, join us, <laughs> join us. You know, the, honestly, the only thing I use Twitter for is Follow Friday <laughs> and uh, posting the show and uh, um, and uh, looking at my at mentions. That's about it. <laughs> so or DMs. So. Uh, so, but TimCormo.com is a website for the show, and we're available on Stitcher for your portable mobile device, and Apple Podcasts, Google, and Amazon Podcasts, and we're broadcast on Netroots Radio. Thanks to our buddy Justice Putnam at 6.30 a.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern on Mondays, as well as on Radio for Humans, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, and at Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern in primetime. And we got a great Facebook page that Joe runs for us. And now let's do the follow me. Follow me on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Pinterest. Follow me on Twitch. Follow me on MySpace. What the hell is MySpace? Follow me on Musical.ly. Follow me on Reddit. Follow me on the sidewalk. Follow me on the road. Follow me on WhatsApp. Follow me on Daily Motion. Follow, 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 follow. Me. All right. Let's start with uh, T. Who's your social media friend of the week? Uh, yes. Elon Musk. Oh. <laughs> the Musk. Is he your friend <laughs> or enemy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Come on him just for the shucks and giggles of watching the meltdown. Oh, right. Mm. Because I've never seen anybody take over a company by offering more than it was worth and then having to borrow money from a Saudi Arabian prince. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh. There you go. And losing but, advertisers left and right. Oh, oh, yeah. All right. I'll put a link in the show notes. Elon Musk on Twitter. And Seth, who is your Twitter friend this, or uh, social media friend this week? My social media friend is Stacey Abrams because she is the candidate running for governor against Brian Kipp in the state of Georgia where I live. And um, I was fortunate enough to meet her at a book signing at the Carter Center a few years back. And I got to hear her talk. I've heard her talk a few times or seen her talk. And and she's just a wonderful person, a wonderful candidate, Um, you know, and I just – and the thing about it is, is everybody's like, oh, she's down in the polls. She's down in the polls. She can't win. And I'm like, I don't care about the polls. I wouldn't vote it for her. I'm going to support her. And the thing is, no matter what happens this week, I'm still going to support her because she is a good person and a good influence on the state of Georgia and the country as a whole. So wherever her career goes, I believe in her no matter what. I firmly want her to be the next governor. For sure, because I think she'll do a far better job than Brian Kemp ever will. And I think that she will put the interest of Georgians first. She'll put the interest of women first. I mean, she'll she'll make sure, you know, people can vote and women have the right to choose. And these are, you know, the, the ideas that I think are important. And so that's why she is my social media person of the week. And I strongly support Stacey Abrams at S-T-A-C-E-Y-A-B-R-A-M-S. Yes. As Stacey Abrams. All these links from the show notes, and uh, I hope she wins. Mm -hmm. I hope she wins, man. So. Yes. All right. And uh, we'll go to Adam, who's your social media friend this week. Well, Tim, as I mentioned last time I was on this program, uh, I went to AWA last weekend. Tell people Uh, what AWA was. It was fun. Just wish I didn't bring home the con crud. Tell people what Tell people, tell people what AWA is. Oh, right, right. I'm stupid. Uh, Anime Week in Atlanta, held oh. every year in in Atlanta. Um, oh, I thought you were in DTAX. I, oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. But, oh, uh, no, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I, it, it felt different this year, and I don't know if it's just – I'm getting older, so I don't do. I can't do as much as I used to. I was never a, a wild and crazy guy, you know. <laughs> but um, uh, also, like I said, I don't know. But uh, I, I still enjoy myself. I got to meet uh, Caitlin Glass, who is a voice actor and director for Funimation, who didn't even get announced. Which you know, I told I went. That's why I met. I went up to her. I said, "You're Miss Glass, correct?" You know, and, and I told her, I said, "You know." I wish they would have announced you sooner because I would have put in for a press pass and I know I would have gotten an interview with you because you were such a late announcement. She said, oh, no, they didn't even announce me. It's like, wow. Hmm. She's, a, she's a legend to me and they didn't even announce her. Hmm. Hmm. All right. So it's the Anime Week in Atlanta on Facebook is your friend this week. So <laughs> uh, Official Anime Week in Atlanta group. All right. Yeah, right. official Anime Week in Atlanta group. Um, so I, I did actually, funny story, bring home a little Perler Bead Groot. What is in that? In a pot. What is <laughs> that? 
Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. All right. Someone made a perler bead version of him. You know, they put the beads on the grid and iron them so they stick together. Okay. And they put it in the pot with fake grass. Uh, okay, cool. All right. So thank you, Adam. Joe, who are you going with this week? I'm going with Dean Abadala. He's awesome, yes. Yeah, and, and uh, one reason that caught my attention was uh, on his show the other day, he had, uh, what's his name, Kirshner? Glenn Kirshner, yeah. Glenn Kirshner, and Glenn was all upset, and I'm upset about this, too, because I read that the Department of Justice is thinking of appointing a special counsel to investigate Trump. Yeah. I heard that, yeah. If he runs. That would end of it. That's the end of it. Well, of course he's going to run. The reason he's going to run is to avoid being avoid being uh, charged. Hmm. Well, I don't prosecuted. think uh, well, Merrick Garland specifically so, came out and said that that's not going to make a difference. So, and uh, the other thing is once he Well, he's once he, not going to make a difference, then he's thinking of appointing a special counsel, which means they have to start the investigation all over from scratch. Hmm. Well, you know what? The thing that, is that, that would put this back at the end of next year. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you the, the which mo- means that, that following the following year's election year. I mean, if he pulls that stunt because he thinks that somehow that's going to make things look more fair to uh, what the, the maggot crowd, nothing's going to please those people. Hmm. I mean, uh, a special counsel. Uh, anybody remember Mueller? Mm-hmm. How that, that turned out? Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. So if if, if that turns out to be true we're fucked well the other thing yep. too is i think he's waiting to see if his candidates win if his candidates lose across the board or even the majority of them you know i don't know he may because you got to keep in mind once he declares his candidacy and files to run he can no longer use all that pack money he's raising on himself he can only use it for the election so yeah well I don't think Merrick Garland or the Department of Justice should be thinking of things like that. He's a criminal. They have evidence. They have overwhelming evidence to convict beyond a reasonable doubt. Why would you be waiting for an election? He should have been charged before this election. He's not on the ballot. Right. And well, and uh, he's going to announce, they said, like on the 14th of November. You think they're going to charge him by then? Maybe. Who knows? I, I don't. Hmm. Well, I think we'll just have to wait and see. He appoints a special counsel. What he's saying is we're not going to indict because then the special counsel has to start from scratch, do their own investigation, and that'll take a couple of years. Yeah. Well, we shall see. That plays right into the playbook of one Donald Trump. Well, we shall see. Dino Badala on the Facebook. And uh, my uh, social media friend this week is Pat Oswald on the Twitter. And I picked him... He says, new Netflix special, We All Scream, now streaming. Minor threats from at Dark Horse out now. I like making stuff. And I, I picked him because uh, he uh, he posted, I levelated watching this. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, when the Republican Party of Georgia moved Herschel Walker from Texas to Georgia mm. so that he could run yeah. for Senate, it's because change yeah. was taking too fast in the post-antebellum South. Mm. The state had been flipped blue 
And there are some principalities that were not prepared for a black man and a Jewish man to go to Senate at the exact same Mm -hmm. time. So they figured that they would delude us by picking somebody who they thought would in fact represent us better with a football than with a degree in philosophy. They Mm -hmm. thought we were so slow, that we were so stupid, that we would elect the lowest caricature of a stereotypical broken black man as opposed to somebody who is educated and erudite and focused. Y'all ain't ready for me today. Since Herschel Walker was 16 years old, white men been telling him what to do. Telling him what school to go to, where to live, where to eat, where to buy a house, where to run, where to sit down, where to sleep, where to pay for abortions, where to buy a gun. And they, you think they're not going to tell him how to vote? In 2022, we don't need a walker. We need a runner. We need somebody who's going to run and tell the truth about January 6th. We need somebody who's going to run and push for the cancellation of student loan debts. We need somebody who's going to run and make the former president respond to a subpoena. We don't need a walker. We need somebody who will be steadfast unmovable, always abounding, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Georgia, I need you to know, the slave Negroes y'all are used to don't live here no more. We can think for ourselves, function for ourselves, and vote for ourselves. Why? Because we don't need a walker. Amen. Amen. Hold on, that was Pastor Jamal Bryant. I'm sorry, what were you going to say, Adam? Well, yeah, I, I mean, first of all, yeah, that's part of the reason why they picked Herschel Walker is he, he's, you know, he's compliant. He does what they want, you know. Um, oh, jeez. Sorry. Uh, but also, you got to remember, he's stupid. Yep. You know, hmm. he's a good, loyal brown shirt, or orange shirt in this case. Um and, and so he, there's no risk to him. He's going to vote the way he's told to vote. Mm-hmm. You know, there, I'm trying to make sure I don't say something stupid, but uh, you know, you know how they love to talk about how you know black people live on the Democrat plantation. Well, you know, <laughs> T, what, what do you think? If I may, if I may ask, um, just to make sure I'm not like borderline offending you. No, you're not, because it is the same game plan that they used when they tried to stick Kanye West on the, on the, on the ballot. He's going to do what we tell him to do, and that's all we need. And Lindsey Graham, you saw it all over his freaking face mm-hmm. beside Herschel Walker, trying to explain why they chose him. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. sorry. Not, not working. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad I wasn't being offensive. I was, I was worried. I was like, I should probably make sure T's not mad at me. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I think everyone realized where I was kind of going with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and uh, thanks everybody for your social media friends of the week. And uh, we'll start with uh, President Biden on the campaign trail. Remember the last time around with that other fellow we kept hearing about. Infrastructure week. 
We heard about Infrastructure Week for four years. <laughs> and by the way, <coughs> it never got done. In fact, it became a punchline. On my watch, with the help of Kamala, <coughs> folks in this room, we turn it into infrastructure decade, a outline. <laughs> we passed the infrastructure bill. We created once-in-a-generation investment on our nation's roads, highways, bridges, railroads, ports, airports, water systems, high-speed internet. And by the way, you've been to Philadelphia Airport lately? 24 million bucks to improve the main terminal. Just a few miles from here. I was just out in Pittsburgh, the city of bridges. 45 million bucks. The bridge that collapsed is about to be reopened because of the infrastructure bill. Believes there should be no exceptions, even for rape or incest. None. And this is, a, this is over the top, guys. And as we've all heard and saw on Tuesday night, Dr. Oz, as my mother would say, God bless him, <laughs> thinks the right to choose should be between, as the vice president pointed out, a man, excuse me, a woman, her doctor, and quote, local political leaders. No, but I mean, I mean, I mean, it, uh. <laughs> you heard it right. Local political leaders. Look, the bottom line is this. If Republicans gain control in Congress and pass a nationwide ban on abortion, I will veto it. Yes. Amen. Amen. I love that he pulled out the... Uh, Bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. And then Raphael Warnock and uh, President Obama were down your way, sir. Gives me no pleasure to say this kind of thing, but... After all, I'm a preacher, and so I'm in the business of truth-telling. And this is a man who lies about the most basic facts of his life. In fact, his own staff, his own staff in their exasperation said that he lies like he's breathing. We all saw it with our own eyes. He wears his lies quite literally as a badge of honor. If, if we can't trust him to tell the truth about his life, how can we trust him to protect our lives and our families and our children and our jobs? and our future. If you're watching TV, you've heard a lot about crime. Violent crime has gone up over the last seven years, not just the last two. Not just in liberal states, but in conservative rural states too. That's a serious problem. Who will fight to keep you and your family safe? The Republican politicians who want to flood our streets with more guns? 
who actually voted against more resources for our police departments? Is it somebody who carries around a phony badge and says he's in law enforcement? <laughs> like he's a kid playing cops and robbers? Or is it <laughs> leaders like Reverend Warnock and John Asa and Senator Bishop who worked with President Biden to pass the first major gun safety legislation in nearly 30 years? That's the choice in this election. That's what's at stake right now. There you go. Sorry about the choppiness there, but that was in the original video I recorded, so uh, it was not us. So, And then uh, President Obama up in Wisconsin. And then there's Mandela's opponent. <laughs> oh, don't boo. Don't, 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 don't waste your vocal cords booing. <laughs> Vote. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right, you got the idea. So, Ron Johnson, I, as, as your senator, he, he's, now remember, the question is, who's going to fight for you? Remember that, right? That, that's, who, who's on your side? Who who's cares about you? Who's thinking about you? Ron Johnson, as a senator, helped give millions of dollars in, uh, in tax deductions to some of the biggest donors who funded his campaign. And... After he voted for a tax plan that allows people to write off the cost of private planes. I, I've been trying to get this thing closed since I was president. <laughs> if, you, if you can afford a private plane, you don't, then you, you don't need a tax break. But no, he, 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 he fought for this. And then his adult children bought not one, not two, but three private planes. Because apparently carpooling was not an option. <laughs> now, <laughs> I mean, how, you need three? <laughs> Meanwhile, Senator Johnson voted to raise the retirement age to 70. Support, I, supported a plan that would put Social Security and Medicare on the chopping block every single year. You'd, each year, you'd have to vote to renew this thing. I, I, I mean, think about it, because Washington works so well. That's, you want your Social Security and Medicare reliant on Congress every year. He's called Social Security a Ponzi scheme. Said that, that it's candy that the left is giving away. The point is, some of you here are on Social Security. Some of your parents are on Social Security. Some of your grandparents are on Social Security. You know why they have Social Security? Because they worked for it. They worked hard jobs for it. They have chapped hands for it. They had long hours and sore backs and bad knees to get that Social Security. And if Ron Johnson does not understand that, if he understands giving tax breaks for private planes more than he understands making sure that seniors who've worked all their lives are able to retire with dignity and respect, he's not the person who's thinking about you and knows you and sees you 
and he should not be your senator from Wisconsin. There you go. Amen. No, sir. No way. Amen. Yes. I tell you what, Obama knows how to, how to give a barn burner. <laughs> yes, he does. I miss that man. I miss that man. So oh much. boy, do I. You know, I've been paying into Social Security since my first job when I was 16. You know? Yeah. And this is ridiculous. You know what this is all about? You know why they you know why they they want to cut Social Security? Yes. Hmm. Is because they borrowed ten trillion dollars from the Social Security Trust Fund to pay for the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to have to pay it back. Because guess what that means? Paying taxes to raise the money to pay it back. Yeah. Yep. They owe $10 trillion to the Social Security Trust Fund. There's such an obvious solution to it is raising the cap on the tax. Obvious no solution, one ever talks about that. Obvious solution is is taxing corporations. <laughs> well, they could raise the tax. And the pay the money back. On the tax. And, and pay, let millionaires start paying more. And pay the $10 trillion back. Yeah. That they borrowed. Yeah. Another reason they want to do it is is that they would love to privatize it and give it to Wall Street. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Give all the money to Wall Street, and then your Social Security would be dependent on what the stock market's doing today. Mm -hmm. Just like they did did with the student loans. Right. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they also realize that, you know, uh, Social Security is only, what, two, three generations old? Mm-hmm. In terms of history, it's still pretty new in America. I mean, it's not new to us because it's been there forever. I'm just saying they realize they can still get it. They can get rid of it. I don't think they, they are, can. I don't think they well, can. I, think I, the I agree with you, but I'm saying they realize there's going to come a point where it is not possible, yeah. where there would be little rights. I think that point's so already th- arrived. Honestly, th- I do. Because Fair I enough. think if they try it. They will get. They will. But people will but be in the streets. They won't feel any pain because they've rigged the elections in every state that they run. That's the thing is they are basically bulletproof. Yeah. Well, I mean, metaphorically speaking, I just want to make it clear. Um, well, they might not be bulletproof. But what I'm saying is, like in Wisconsin, in Wisconsin, where they're saying the quiet part loud, where if this prick. I don't even remember his name, beats Tony Evers. He says he's going to rig- miss Wisconsin to make sure a Democrat never wins an election that state again. Okay. That's the thing is that's why they can do whatever crazy thing they want and not lose elections because as soon as they get one iota of power, a scintilla of power, they use it to rig the game. That's well, why you cannot vote for a Republican in any level of office, even if it's a fucking dog catcher. Well, that's the fear that they have in Wisconsin because they've gerrymandered it so, so bad that, uh, you know, the Republicans can get the supermajority in the in the legislature, in the state, in Wisconsin. Right. So, you know, I think they said they, they only need to pick up seven seats. And then they would and have a supermajority and could do anything they want. And, right. and the when governor look, can't, can't veto it. Right. When you have the Democrats winning the, popu- the popular vote, but the Republicans winning the majority of seats, you are no longer a free state. You are no longer a functional democracy. Mm. Mm. So anyway, so uh, did you guys catch uh, 60 Minutes last week? So uh, they had on Mark uh, Bronovich who's the Republican Attorney General of Arizona. 
And uh, he had this to say. Ladies and gentlemen, we know it, and they know it. Donald Trump won. But Mark Burnovich does not know it. He's Arizona's Republican Attorney General who's investigated for two years and has a word for claims of fraud. Horse And that's what it is. Most of it's horse And I've been trying to scrape, scrape it off my shoes for the last year. We as prosecutors deal in facts and evidence. And I'm not like the clowns that throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Clowns. Clowns. Did I say that? Yes, I think that there were a lot of clowns out there that um, they saw what they wanted to see. Uh, what is that Simon Garfunkel line that a, a man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest? There was a lot of that going on. It's going on in the top Arizona races where the Republican for governor is a denier. We had a fraudulent election, a corrupt election, and we have an illegitimate president sitting in the oh, White geez. House. It's, it's like a giant grift in some ways. Yeah. A grift, Nutter. a swindle, is what you're saying. Yes. yes. Amen. Amen. Did he just call Carrie Lake a clown? Did he just call Blake Masters a clown? <laughs> Did he just call, what's the guy's name running for Secretary of State? They're not just clowns, they're ass clowns. <laughs> right? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, That's fair. Mm. So, uh, so, yeah. So then uh, on Fox News, they had uh, Martha McCallum had on uh, three registered independent voters. And uh, one was a lady named Bernadette Wright. One was a lady named Donna Sharp. And one was a gentleman named Marcus McRae. And uh, they had this to say. So my position, thank you for having us again today. But my position remains unchanged. In fact, after the debate, um, I have to be honest with you, I was a little bit disappointed in the performance of both of the candidates, but I left the debate still understanding that Herschel Walker does not have a plan for us. All of the news stories that are coming out, he's spending a, a great deal of time attacking a pastor and calling the pastor a sheep in wolf's clothing, while at the same time calling himself a warrior for God, which is taking attention off of the issues because it, it's almost unfathomable that he could call himself those things based on all of the news about him, based on all of the complaints about him, based on all of the, just to be frank with you, lies that have been told during this campaign. So I'm a little bit um, just embarrassed, um, to be honest with you, about the turn that this has taken. And I'm definitely going to vote for Warnock. There you go. Okay. Um, Donna Sharp, let me bring you in. What, what's your reaction to what you have learned? And does it matter to you when it comes to voting day next Tuesday? Well, thank you for having me again. Um, as far as the debate goes, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought that Herschel Walker did a really good job of <laughs> uh, his opponent to President Biden. And as far as everything that's going on in the personal life of Herschel Walker, what matters to me is that he will represent my values. He is not going to end filibuster. He's not going to make Puerto Rico and D.C. states. He's not going to stack the Supreme Court. So that's what's on my mind as a voter. All right. Marcus, um, what about you? What do you make of of where this race is now, given uh, the fact that we spoke last time before that only debate? Um, you know, again, thanks for having thanks for having me as well. Um, 
I don't think my votes changed at all. Honestly, I cast it a couple weeks ago, and I'm I'm not looking back. I, I am weary of this race, to be perfectly honest, and I hope to God that we don't have a runoff because I'd really like to be able to watch the Hallmark movies with my wife without <laughs> Raphael Warnock or um, or um, or Herschel Walker interrupting us. But I think the thing that um, is frustrating me the most is you know we're hearing uh, Herschel Walker come out and say like he's a warrior for God, and I get a little uncomfortable when I hear people insert war metaphor into my uh, into my religion. I'm a Christian just like he is, so is Raphael Warnock. Um, but I think what's important here is that we need to be honest about the fact that um, Herschel Walker's running for a job. Like, he's interviewing for a job, and he has not shown us, beyond the ability to talk about abortion, that he has any command of any of the other issues. And if I were sitting across interviewing him, I would really be ready to say to the panel that we just need to go ahead and send it back home. Hmm. Uh, okay, we're going to stop it here because <laughs> I got to get T's take here. And now, I, I will mention that the first person, Martha McCallum and Marcus McRae were both African-American. Bernadette Wright was lily white. <laughs> so, T, what let, was your take out of that? Let me put it to you this way. Uh, and I brought this up a few times. The Trumplicans the previous ones that waved that flag and the um, Blue Lives Matter flags are now calling themselves independents because they don't want to own up to who they really were the last mm, seven years. Right. Mm. So now they're all calling themselves independent. But all you have to do is listen to them. The fact that she is not facing the fact that this man lied, that he says he's against abortion, but paid for abortion and can't and thinks that a fake badge makes him a police officer and has compulsively lied. And she's like, I'm going to vote for him. You're going to vote for the stupid, right. the stupidest person. I'd like to see if, we, if, if, if he was running to be a surgeon and she needed to have open heart surgery, would she choose Warnock or would she choose Walker? Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. well, Obama. Damn, you want to die. Obama put it right. It's like if we're at the airport, you want Herschel Walker to fly the plane? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But I mean, seriously, I mean, she said, this lady Donna Sharp says, he represents my values. Really? What values is that? What do you have? Uh, well, values? I can speak to that a little bit. Now, first of all, I'm proud to say that I have already voted for Raphael Warnock, and uh, it was just a pleasure to do so. I've done it before. And and the, the thing of it is, when she says her values, what she means is she's going to vote R down the ticket no matter who it is. And I think we were talking about this before the show with Adam. It, it could be anything. It wouldn't even have to be a person. I mean, it's it's like they just feel like they're so gung-ho for the Republican Party and for their ideals and their philosophy or their outlook on life that they don't care if it's Herschel Walker or XYZ person there, you know, they'll vote for him. When you look at it, you know, reasonably and you can see that the guy can't, you know, formulate a complete thought and hold a good conversation about anything and all he's got going for him is nothing but Republican talking points, you can see that that's why they like him. You know, I mean, and that's that's all there is to it. But like I said, I voted for Warnock and I want to see him be, you know, continue to be my senator. Well, yeah, I mean, I I thought this was interesting. You know, Seth, I'm glad you chipped in there because, I mean, this is your race, your your state's Mm -hmm. race. So wouldn't it wouldn't it be just the most beautiful comeuppance if for some way 
for Marcus Flowers to beat Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> I don't have a lot of hope in it, but man, wouldn't that just be beautiful? <laughs> it, it, it would. And, and the thing about it is, is the numbers don't look good because when you look at the um, primary races, they had a lot more people show up for Republicans than they did for Democrats. But who knows? Maybe things will change. Maybe enough people have seen that she's crazy and Oh, good Lord. Her debate was just bonkers. Oh, my God. It was I mean, nuts. it was just absolutely bonkers. Accusing him of wanting to mutilate children's genitals and all this nonsense. It was just bizarre, crazy stuff. And the thing about it is, is I have to give it up for Marcus. He handled it a lot better than I would. You know, he just looked at her and basically said, you know, bless your heart. You're I'm going to pray for you. And, <laughs> and I was like, wow. I was like... I was like, I would say, are you crazy, lady? What the hell is wrong with you? But no, he took it. He took it with grace and stride. And he he he, he was able to just look at the crazy and keep going. But yeah. it would be fantastic if Marcus Flowers could be uh, green. But like I said, that I'm not I'm not su- super certain that will happen. But even so. The thing is, it puts Marcus. He's he's in the running. We know who he is now. We see him. He's able to manage the campaign. He's able to go up. So, you know, if not this time, maybe next time. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he said, bless her heart. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The problem is, if there's another next time. If, right. <laughs> um, there's that. So yeah. true. Well, and so uh, Martha McCallum went on here. Um, all right. I, I want to let me just ask you each just very quickly. Who do you think actually wins, regardless of, of your feeling and what you just told us? What is your gut telling us right now? Marcus first. I think Warnock wins. Okay, Donna? I think it's Herschel Walker. Bernadette? I think that um, Warnock will win in a runoff. In a runoff. All right, so Bernadette, let me stay with you, and let's watch this uh, from Stacey Abrams. This is a soundbite from the final Georgia governor debate. Let's watch. I'm not a member of the good old boys club. So no, I don't have 107 sheriffs who want to be able to take black people off the streets, who want to be able to go without accountability. I don't believe every sheriff wants that, but I do know that we need a governor who believes in both defending law enforcement, also, but also defending the people of Georgia. Bernadette, what do you think about that? And, and are you, you going to vote for Kemp or Abrams? I'll be honest with you, I'm still leaning towards Kemp, but they both said um, some things that made me a little bit uncomfortable with each of the candidates during the debate. Um, I don't agree with um, I don't agree with her stance 100 percent when it comes to crime. I don't agree with his stance 100 percent when it comes to crime. I feel like he spends a lot of time um, talking about street gangs and things like that to kind of stir up um, the contingency, if you will, when a lot of the gun activity is not coming from street gangs. Um, I feel like they could if, if you could just take the both of those candidates and put them together, we'd have a great plan moving Georgia forward. Um, but that's not going to happen. Um, one of the problems that I do have um, with Kemp is the the fact that when it comes to the money that we have, we have a lot of money. Georgia's doing well. I think he did a great job responding to Trump. I think he's done a great job with Georgia. I really don't have any complaints. But with all of the money that we have in surplus, I do think some of the money should go to programs and some of it should come back to the people who've poured into it, whereas Stacey wants to take all the money and put it in programs. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like... I'm, I'm on the fence, but I'm still leaning towards well, Kemp because week. Georgia has it good. All right. You got a week to go. Just just a few seconds left here. Donna, what's your take? What do you plan to do when it comes to voting in the governor's race? Oh, I'm definitely voting for Kemp. 
Um, I think that he did a really good job of showing that Stacey Abrams does, in fact, want to defund the police. Oh, please. Really? Marcus? So he's got my vote. Thank you very much, John. Marcus? That's just nonsense. So I, I voted for Stacey Abrams, and you know, honestly, I don't, I don't think that we're talking the right things about defunding the police. Like she's really saying that we need to give them something else to do, and everybody agrees that they're doing too much. So giving them the appropriate resources to respond to things that they shouldn't be is the exact right, right move to make. Okay, so what we just learned from that was Donna Sharp is not really an independent, as you said, T. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's voting yep. a straight Republican ticket. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to what she's saying. She's repeating the talking point. Defund the police. When literally she did not say that. Abrams did not say that. She did not. A and Republican lying? Inconceivable. Really, right? I have, oh. my, own name for I have my own name for independence. What's that? Idiots. Trumpers. Trumpers. Right. There you go. Morons. Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're Trumpers who don't want to admit they're Trumpers. Hmm. Oh, I listen, I look at both sides. And no, you don't, because if you're looking at both sides, there's only one side here doing the bad things, and right. that's them. Right, exactly. Here's the thing. I am an independent. So I frequently have them pop in, and when I start asking them the basic questions, and it's st- strictly Republican, Republican, no, you're faking. You don't want to admit who you were six years ago. So you're now calling yourself an independent. Uh uh-uh. uh, dude, you don't get to um, assume that title because you're uncomfortable with all the crap that you supported. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, Joe. Yeah. And you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Seth. Oh, I was going to say, you know, I, I live in Georgia. I live in Atlanta. I mean, just like, you know, I know how these things, I don't want to defund the police. You know, I vote liberal. I'm a Democrat. I don't want to defund the police. You know, I need the police. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we've got, yes, there is crime and we need police to help us out. Like, that's just a, that's just a, a, a dog whistle to talk about, you know, oh, you know, to try to scare people against the Democrat candidates and whatnot. And it's like, none of us want to, de- I can't, I don't think there is a single liberal Democrat, fill in the blank, call them whatever you want to call them, who wants to defund the police. We all know we need them. I mean, well, we need them to help keep things together. I mean, it's crazy. And if anything, we want to give them more money. We want to put help social workers get out there into the nonviolent situations to try to de-escalate it to help the police. You know what, what I mean? I mean, so I'm just saying, I live in this this city. I live in this this state. And they talk about us wanting to defund the police. That is not true. Well, Democrats are the ones who voted to fund the police and the vote, Republicans yeah. voted against it. Yep. Yeah, no, and I will say... I, Oh, sorry. So, one more point. Just, I, I will say we still want to hold police accountable, you know, for anything that goes wrong, like you know, anything like a George Floyd situation or anything like that. We certainly want to hold them accountable, but I, again, we don't want to defund the police as a whole. If there are bad apples, we want to find them and we want to deal with that on a case by case basis. But we don't want to overall defund the police. Okay, there. I'm good. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> so, Joe, to set you up for the clown car. Did you hear Dr. Oz say this? And that debate was the first and only time he'll take questions from me. They were trying to run the clock out, but they didn't get away with it. And now Pennsylvanians, pretty smart folk, are looking at the results of the debate, thinking about why he can't answer simple questions about his radical positions and realize he doesn't have good defenses for them. They sound great in a 140-character tweet. You know, it's great if you're going to be the AOC of the Senate, which is his goal. But I'm not going to let him get there. 
Pennsylvania is too important. And listen, this is important. We do not have a Republican senator north of North Carolina on the Atlantic coast until you get to Maine if I don't hold this seat. And there's been a Republican senator in Pennsylvania most of my life. I'm going to keep one here as well. Oh, oh, I'm pencil. going to put my house on the market because apparently I have beachfront property hmm. I didn't know about. Yeah, Pennsylvania's on the <laughs> East Coast. That's what they said, is he, is and I'm on the far eastern part. So is, uh, is he confusing Pennsylvania with New Jersey? <laughs> uh, maybe. maybe. Can I ask a crazy question real quick? Mm-hmm. Why was Doctor Oz allowed to ask questions to his opponent during the debate? That's not how you how a debate's supposed to work. I don't know. Yeah. Do, are, are we not? Are we just completely disregarding how debates are supposed to work? Because apparently, Herschel Walker <coughs> is, you know, bringing props to his debate when he was told, "Don't do that." Well, we're lucky. But, they're lucky they even had the debates because, I mean, well, you know, a lot of them would, didn't want a debate. Oh no, they're cowards. Right. So, yeah. all right. So, Joe. Shall we see what's happening down in the clown car garage? Uh, yeah, okay. All right. I did much better the second time than I did the first. Getting millions more votes in 2020 than I got in 2016. And likewise, getting more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country by far. And now, in order to make our country successful and safe and glorious, I will very, very, very probably do it again, okay? Very, very, very probably. Very, very. Okay, so Halloween's over, but that's the scariest thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know that uh, I I start watching the new uh, new season of uh, American Horror Story. That was the theme there, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I'm thinking, what could be more horrible than a, a MAGA takeover? Yeah, right, right, right. And you can play that that theme song, Tim, right alongside my my clown car because it fit. Right. <laughs> it fit. I mean, this week, President Biden warned America of the horrors of a world dominated by MAGA demons bent on destroying the democracy. That's right. Right? I mean, his speech, as frightening as it was, inspired the clown car update to create a dramatization of what MAGA America would look like in our newest Netflix series, American Horror Story. The demons of MAGA. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When you sent me this show art, I was like, bah! <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, let me show you some of the people that will be starring in our production. We're in pre-production right now. Okay. Uh, but our casting is done. Uh, we have Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, she'll play herself. Okay. Mm-hmm. A demon from a hellscape world of Georgia's 14th district, where beings have no bodies, but instead... Just have giant toothless mouths with feet. Mm. Mm. This demon stalks the halls of Congress in search of souls to devour 
and a new husband. <laughs> uh, we have Lauren, Lauren Bolbert signed. She'll be playing Witless White Woman. Mm-hmm. A terrifying apparition who presents herself to mortals as afterbirth in a Ford F-50 pickup truck with expired plates. Mm. Yes, she haunts Washington searching for her lost GED certificate and the virginity she lost behind an Arby's dumpster. Hmm. Her scream unleashes a deadly toxic mist, which is a mixture of rotting teeth and Jack Daniels. Ooh, yuck. Uh, She may be looking for her seat after she loses. (laughs) Did you hear that? Uh, yeah. Uh, our, our Democratic challengers neck and neck with her, so. Good. Uh, well, we signed Kevin McCarthy. Mm. He'd be playing Maga Worm. Ooh, is that like the sandworms in uh, Dune? Yes, a spineless creature crawling just beneath the surface of Congress and only appears when there is a wet surface available to slither on, like <laughs> Donald Trump's ass. Oh, okay. Ew. Yeah. Yikes. Unlike the regular earthworm. Maga worm is distinguishable by a large yellow streak down his back. Ooh. Oh, that's nasty. Oh, they're so nasty. <laughs> okay. We have also proud to announce we have signed Mehmet Oz, who will be fresh off his defeat in, in New York. And he will be playing in the New Jersey York? Devil. <laughs> his defeat hmm. in New York? <laughs> in, in Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, who knows? He may run there again. Too. Right. Um, He'll be playing the Jersey Devil, born as the 13th child of a New Jersey witch. Mm, okay. He was born one stormy night, surrounded by his siblings. Growling and screaming, the child beat everyone with its tail before flying up a chimney and heading into the woods of Pennsylvania. Ah. He now haunts the produce aisles of Wegmans supermarkets, <clears throat> searching for his favorite food, expired rotted crudite. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. We've also signed Herschel Walker. Oh, okay. Yes, he'll be playing the sperm storm from hell. Ooh, Ooh, yuck. (laughs) Yes, this demon has something going on. Yeah, he roams the world with the ability to impregnate any woman within a 100-mile radius. (laughs) (laughs) But beware if he finds out you're pregnant with one of his children because he will pick you up with his talons and drive you to the nearest abortion clinic and throw you out of his car with a wad of $100 bills. Oh, okay. And when his victims wake up, he just disappears. Okay, all right. Yes. And we also signed Steve Bannon as the B.O. vampire. Well, that fits. (laughs) Yes. A child conceived by the accidental mating of a dung pile and a swarm of deer ticks. (laughs) This demon can suck millions of dollars out of ignorant MAGA followers, leaving them with nothing but their empty trailer and a bad case of halitosis. Right. And when this bee, when this bee leaves, his old lasts for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> he appears to be the wor- in the world of the living as a clump of mattered hair, caked on dingleberries, stuffed into moldy pants. <laughs> yeah. He has no image in a mirror because his reflection died of fright. Ew. All right. Yes. How'd you like to be his reflection? All right. And Ted Cruz as the suck-up demon. Oh, right. Yes. Don't call his de- this demon's wife ugly or his father a murderer, or he will use his suction-like mouth to attach himself to your ass cheeks and never let go. Ted Cruz, Lucifer <laughs> in the flesh. Right. <laughs> there you go. 
These demons do not have to haunt you in real life. There is a way to stop them. Not a crucifix. Not a golden bullock. But your vote for Democrats on November 8th. There you go. Amen. 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 Yes, that was awesome. That was awesome. What yes. Group of freaks. Man, that's that's going to be too scary to watch. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Can you imagine if all of those people win? Seriously. Could you imagine Carrie Lake as governor of Arizona? Yeah, it's oh going to be god. tough. I oh hope. I hope not. Oh my god. I mean, and then. Then Trump runs and he he loses Arizona again, and she declares him the winner anyway, and sends another slate of delegates. Yeah, well, and this time they go and they win. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I hope she loses. But uh, mm-hmm. so Don Lemon was talking about her with his uh, his uh, co-hosts over on that new morning show, Bobby Harlow and Caitlin Collins. Uh, well, and as Josh was just noting, there are people who are mocking this, despite the serious nature of these charges and the details that we're learning about this. One of those is the Republican candidate for governor in Arizona, Carrie Lake, who last night uh, saw this as a laughing matter, essentially. This is Paul Pelosi is what they're talking about. It is not impossible to protect our kids at school. They act like it is. Nancy Pelosi, well, she's got protection when she's in D.C. Apparently her house doesn't have a lot of protection. But... You see the moderator there laughing as well, covering his face. Joining us now to discuss this is CNN correspondent Audie Cornish. Audie, thanks for joining us on our first morning. Good morning, good morning. We are learning so many new details about this attack and how it unfolded and how really this person was plotting to go into Speaker Pelosi's home. You know, what do you make of it when you see something like what Carrie Lake, how she treats it there? You know, I'm actually struck by the fact that law enforcement had to um, really underscore the facts of the case, right? Because they're aware that they have to refute whatever growing storm there is on social media. And it really distills the challenges that we have, right, as journalists, which is that even if you can have the words of the defendant, right, like um, in court documents, somehow all of that in this sort of post-factual environment is subject to debate, subject to discussion and subject to speculation and unfortunately subject to uh, amusement. And when it comes to Carrie Lake, I have to be honest, the thing that worries me most is the audience laughter, not the comment. Um, that's on all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the, uh, the video, of, if you could just run the video again, you don't have to play the sound, but the, as you're right, the, the man sitting next to her, the, is moderator. Like, the moderator, is just belly laughing because he thinks that something like that is funny and the audience is, is, is laughing as well. But listen, there have been, there, there he is right there once she says it, and you, you'll see the guy there. Nancy but here's the thing. Um, there have been some Republicans who have spoken out, um, you, you, Mitch McConnell and others, McCarthy. But for the most part, it's been very muted. And the people who are saying things, like Don Jr., tweeting stuff that I don't even don't put even put up the video of it. It is awful what they're doing. You know, underwear and a hammer, and you know, then saying this is open carry. Why aren't there more Republicans who are adamantly speaking out against this? You know, that's been the question probably for the last two to three to four years. I think the issue is constituency. If there has been a a radical shift in the base and what appeals to them, you're going to see people basically 
playing to the crowd. There are votes for this. There is support for this. And this is some of the stuff I think people um, really need to kind of ask themselves, right? It's not just on the politicians. I think in a way they're sort of feeding a beast. Yeah, and it's not just people that you're seeing running for office. It's other people who hold really powerful positions. Elon Musk obviously is yeah. in the middle of taking over yeah. Twitter and what that's going to look like. And, and he already of, tweeted something. And he right? was one of the that people he had who to take it down. Yeah. He yeah. suggested there was more to this story, basically feeding into these conspiracies, even though they've been refuted by these officials who are, are working on this case. And this gets to your point earlier, Don. You know, if you have people in positions of power, and Elon Musk in this point has established himself as a media elite, right, in, in doing this takeover, um, they are amplifying and spreading speculation and entertaining it. And if people in positions of power and status are doing that, well, then you at home are like, well, yeah, maybe I should think about X, Y, and Z. You but know, that spreading, is part of the problem. They're spreading the same the, a conspiracy theory that came from a conspiracy theorist, right, about Hillary Clinton and that she's actually not alive and that there's a body double. And that's where this conspiracy theory about Paul Pelosi came from. And, and, and then they're amplifying it. And then laughing about it. It's, and it comes into the mainstream. To the mainstream, like the yeah. pizza gate, you know? Right. So I think the thing to think about is it's an ecosystem that has metastasized, right? It started off a small thing. Hey, that seems kind of weird. And now we're in a scenario where you actually have to assume, no matter what the news story is, it could be a mass shooting, as we've learned. Um, he, there is a, a body of people who can spread a good amount of disinformation, speculation, and really rile people up. And it kind of just speaks to the nature of, of dehumanizing politicians. That yeah. Say. There you go. There you go. Right there. I mean, literally, you had Trump, you know, putting out on his whatever trough central, you know, oh, the glass was broken from the outside or from the inside out instead of the outside in. That was not true. Oh, Don Jr. Oh, he was the attacker was his gay was Paul Pelosi's gay lover, blah, 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 blah. I mean, this is bullshit. Yeah, the attacker was a maggot. He was a yeah. maggot. He was a MAGA Republican. Accept it. And, and he was in a, a Canadian citizen overstayed his visa in the U.S. He wasn't even an American. Here's the thing is that when one lunatic who was clearly mentally ill took a shot at Steve Scalise, the Republicans beat that dead horse every time. Democrats are the th the violent ones because they shot Steve Scalise. They never own up to their own violence. Mm -hmm. Remember remember when the BLM showed up to confiscate Cliven Bundy's cow because he wouldn't pay, cows because he wouldn't pay his fucking bills? It wasn't Democrats who showed up when in sniper positions getting ready to shoot the authorities. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's a good point. Yep. Yep. Well, and uh, Michael, I think Michael Fanone uh, had a little bit to say on Chris, I mean, on uh, um, Nicole Wallace's show. A little uh, riled up like you, Adam. I'm Gladys Sicknick. I'm the mother of Brian Sicknick, the Capitol Police officer who died defending our country on January 6th. Carrie Lake is very dangerous for our country. She saw what happened on January 6th and continues to spread the big lie. And we're going to have more violence because people, they believe whatever she says. It's very dire for our democracy, for our country, with the candidates like Carrie Lake. My son died because of people like Carrie Lake. Yeah. 
a new ad put out by the Republican Accountability Project. It will air in the key battleground state of Arizona starting tomorrow, underscoring in this home stretch before next week's midterm election the dangerous consequences still today and tomorrow and the next day of the big lie and drawing a direct link between those false claims of voter fraud and what we're seeing now more and more, political violence. We're back with Michael Fanone and Congressman Eric Swalwell. Um, Michael, is that hard to watch? I know you. I know these are your. These are people we've come to admire, and we've followed their stories. But these are your friends and colleagues. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, I've gotten to know Mrs. Sicknick pretty well, and um, I thought that was a powerful ad. Um, I mean, she's out there. I think trying to uh, do what all of us are trying to do here, which is bring accountability for January sixth, and. Um, you know, I also support the fact that Carrie Lake's a piece of shit, so um, <laughs> I'm glad she did that ad. And no one is going to say that you haven't put it all out on the line in the bluntest terms possible. Oh, you just I wonder if that'll it. get you kicked off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Lake's just a piece of shit. <laughs> There you go. Wow, there you, you know. go. Wow. That, <laughs> when I heard that, I was laughed out loud. And uh, and then Hillary Clinton had to say. So, you know, and I, I played that last little montage because if anyone can relate to and understand Nancy Pelosi's life as a full-time hate object of the right, it would be you. And so I wonder if you can just, you know, tell me how the attack on Paul Pelosi struck you and what did it tell you about the state of the right in this country and the hate toward a powerful woman? Well, I think your question uh, kind of answers itself, Joy. Um, there's always been uh, a streak of violence, of uh, you know, racism, misogyny, anti-Semitism, as you said. Um, but I think what we're seeing today, and it has certainly been thrown into very high relief by the horrific attack on Paul Pelosi, uh, is not just an aberration where one or two uh, people or a small group engage in that kind of uh, violent rhetoric and urge people to take action against political figures uh, like her, like me, like others. We're seeing a whole political party and those who support it, those who enable it, those who run under its banner, uh, engaging in behavior that is so dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I find, frankly, uh, disqualifying for people uh, who are running for office. You know, this uh, midterm election, we've seen a lot of ads by Republicans running for everything, um, touting crime. Crime is the issue. But when an 82-year-old man is attacked by an intruder in his own home, they don't seem to be too bothered by that because that person is married to the Speaker of the House, who's of a different political party. I just mm -hmm. want your viewers, and really I would like every American, just to stop and think about that. This is the kind of violent rhetoric that leads to violent action that props up authoritarians. And that's unfortunately uh, what we see the Republican Party today uh, supporting. That's right. By the way, did you guys hear that um, <clears throat> MSNBC um, basically fired uh, yeah. um, Tiffany Cross? I was yeah. sad to hear that. 
honestly. That's disappointing to me because yeah. I like her, you know, and I thought she did a good job. Well, and, I guess um, apparently yeah. the article I read said they'd been warning her for some time about laying About off. what? Well, apparently she said that America's already in a civil war and some things like that that they that uh, that violated MSNBC news or NBC news's standards and apparently what the the straw was that broke the camel's back was uh, she was on Charlemagne the God's podcast on Thursday and called Florida the penis of America. <laughs> but she's correct. Right? That's, that's in both regards. She's absolutely correct. We are in a civil war. It's no longer a cold civil war anymore. Hmm. Yeah. It, 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 it turned, it's hot. Hmm. And that's because the Republicans wanted, you know, an excuse to use their little pea shooters against people. Yeah. She called, she called Hannity. She called Tucker Carlson. She talked, called Laura Ingram on the carpet and said, listen, they've been hinting around civil war. Yeah, we're in a civil war. We are in a fight for the life and safety of our nation. And they fired her for it. In my respect, MSNBC, you can go eat a whole bag. <laughs> well, Joy yeah, Reid no, no, no. uh, said on her show, she's like, you better not m- mess with my sister, Tiffany. <laughs> Wait a minute. They get away with this, mo- this crap and Democrats throw each other under the bus. Mm-hmm. I understand in MSNBC is a corporation. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But you know what? Fox doesn't give a crap. Why y'all don't throw somebody off the bus like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. And Joe Biden, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Seth. Oh, I was just going to say to go along with what he's saying. It's like, I, I mean, I watch your show all the time because I like it. And um, I mean, I, I just don't see where she crossed the line. I mean, she's smart. She's well, she's articulate. It's like, what? I, I, I mean, obviously she's pointed and has an opinion, but that's kind of what we like about her. And I just, I just feel like it's just, this is making me want to cut the cord even sooner, to be honest with you, because you know what? I'd rather just listen to Midas touch videos and watch CNN or MSNBC at this point, because I'm like, I'm just, I'm tired of this both sides to do it nonsense. Well, I mean, what it was, was she struck, a, she struck the nerve with the MAGAs and they were complaining to MSNBC on Twitter. You know? And, and they, they didn't stand up for her. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, there are two shows that I watch on the weekend. Uh, uh, that would be her mm-hmm. and Mr. Um, oh, shoot. Jonathan, Come on, I'm going blank. Jonathan Capert. Uh, Jonathan Capert. That's it. Then I now have no to watch on the weekend, and I can barely stomach Morning Joe. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. President Biden uh, called it. Uh, called out uh, Trump here, too. You know, American democracy is under attack because the defeated former president of the United States refuses to accept the results of the 2020 election. He refuses to accept the will of the people. He refuses to accept the fact that he lost. He has abused his power and put the loyalty to himself before loyalty to the Constitution. And he's made a big lie, an article of faith in the MAGA Republican Party. That's right. He sure the minority is. of that party. The great irony about the 220 election is that it's the most attacked election in our history. And yet, and yet, there's no election in our history that we can be more certain of its results. 
Every legal challenge that could have been brought was brought. Every recount that could have been undertaken was undertaken. Every recount confirmed the results. Wherever fact or evidence had been demanded, the big lie has been proven to be just that, a big lie. Every single time. Right. Yet now, extreme MAGA Republicans aim to question not only the legitimacy of past elections, but elections being held now and into the future. The extreme MAGA element of the Republican Party, which is a minority of that party, as I said earlier, but is this driving force, is trying to succeed where they failed in 2020, to suppress the right of voters and subvert the electoral system itself. That's what you see. And, you know, all of those Republicans that are currently in office claiming fraud in the 2020 election, well, why did you win? (laughs) Was there fraud in your race? Why was there just fraud in the presidential race and not in your race? Hmm. Exactly. Why why didn't the, if the Democrats were that good at flipping votes, why didn't they just take Congress with, and put 60 senators there that was a, uh, you know, a a filibuster proof majority. That's right. Yeah. You know, and to go with that, you know, one of the questions I have is everybody's talking about the Supreme court decision about how, you know, state electors can decide, you know, throw out the vote or whatever. And I get that. But if you really think about that critically and you ask yourself, well, okay, if you throw out the votes, aren't you also throwing out the votes of Republicans who may have won in that district? Like, what is that really going to look like when we're all said and done? It's going to I'll tell you exactly what it's going to look like. It's going to look like, hey, this is a Republican vote. That's a legitimate vote. This is a Democratic vote. That's illegitimate. Republican, legitimate, Democrat, legitimate, Democrat, illegitimate. And that's the thing. I mean, that's what it's going to take, because to get what you what they want, they're going to have to go through each ballot and decide which is valid and which isn't, as opposed to each precinct or county. And and so that's that's where I'm I'm like, okay, what how are they going to accomplish this again? Democrat throw out Republican keep. That's their plan. Mm -hmm. That's literally their plan. Well, that's what that guy in in, uh, Nevada said. Oh, if I win, Republicans will never lose another election again in in the state of Nevada. Oh no, that that was Wisconsin. Uh, what was it? Oh, was it Wisconsin? Oh yeah. So, but anyway, now, I mean, I get what you guys are saying, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, like, how are they going to be able to? What is the claim they're going to be able to make that on this particular ballot, Republicans are valid, but Democrats just aren't? Yeah, well, that, that's be- fraud. Well, their their argument is we're assholes. And we can do this. So suck it up, Buttercup. Right. So all these claims, all these claims of voter fraud, right? And they investigated all these claims of voter fraud. And who did they find was the fraud? People voted Republican. Republican voted his mother, his dead mother's ballot. You know, Republican voted his wife's dead wife's ballot. You know, voted twice. Blah blah blah. Down in Florida, in the villages, those guys that voted twice, because Trump told them to. Remember. Told him to vote twice, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, and so Thursday I'm working away um, and uh, I have MSNBC on in the background and Chris Jensen starts uh, covering this story and I had to literally stop and say, I literally did the Scooby Doo. Uh, <laughs> what? 
We have breaking news out of Wisconsin. The deputy director of the Milwaukee Election Commission has been fired after fraudulently requesting absentee ballots. Let's bring in NBC's Shaquille Brewster, who's covering this story for us from Merrill, Wisconsin. Shaq, what's going on there? Well, we just heard from the DA's office, Chris, saying that this is now a criminal matter and that charges are likely to be filed in the coming days. But this was an unannounced press conference from the mayor of Milwaukee, who was standing with the director of the Milwaukee Elections Commission. And apparently it was an attempt to expose a vulnerability in the state's election law. We heard from the mayor that the deputy director of Milwaukee Election Commission fraudulently requested military ballots using a state website. The mayor suggesting that she did this in her own time. She did this privately, not while working, but she sent those absentee ballots to a state lawmaker, a Republican state lawmaker, who has been trying to expose this, violent, uh, this uh, vulnerability in state law and who has cast doubt on the 2020 election. So we don't know the political affiliation of this state, uh, of, of this Milwaukee election official who is now oh, yes, fired, we yes, but we she sent these ballots to a Republican state lawmaker, essentially trying to prove a point. As I mentioned, the DA's office said that this uh, is, a, is a criminal investigation at this point, that charges are likely to be filed in the future. She has since been fired. The mayor was pretty strong in his comments, saying that this was a breach of trust. As soon as they found out, the mayor says she was fired. Her access to all systems and election systems were revoked. And they made clear uh, at this point in this investigation, as they continue on with their investigation, it does not appear as this that this impacts any absentee voting or any uh, existing vote count in the city of Milwaukee. But this was an attempt, according to the mayor, to show and highlight a vulnerability in state law, Chris. Wow, Shaq Brewster, thanks so much for bringing us up to date on that. Wow. Wow, she sent him to a Republican attorney? Hmm, but we don't know what what, what her party affiliation was. Oh, really? <laughs> was that T? But you don't know what her affiliation Please, what Democrat would be sending it to a Republican member? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Seriously? And what happened? And, and and literally, these people, oh, our troops, oh, support our troops. What happened to those troops they requested those ballots from went to vote? And they got there mm-hmm. to vote and found out someone already voted their ballot. Right. You know, I'm serious. That That is disrespectful. Indeed. Disrespectful. Yep. Just, they just don't hear. Crazy. Just crazy. Remember, you got to remember, we're dealing with sociopaths. Mm -hmm. Conservatism is a mental illness. And until we accept that and start dealing with it appropriately, we're going to continue having these problems. Yeah. But uh, also, uh, Oprah came out in support of uh, uh, John Fetterman. Did you hear about that, Joe? I did. Yes. And I was happy. Yes. Not enough. Stephanie Rule had uh, Matthew Dowd and Juanita Tolliver on. New topic, Matthew. Oprah Winfrey tonight, who brought Dr. Oz to America, has now come out and endorsed his opponent, John Fetterman. Huge headline. But does it move votes in Pennsylvania? Well, I think in this case, I'm not one big on big on endorsements in the final minutes having some grand effect on a race. This one, I think, is different because most people are aware that that Oprah sort of invented Dr. Oz and has been very quiet in the course of this until today. And this is a race, in my view, 
that's going to be decided by a few thousand votes in Pennsylvania, which could decide the U.S. Senate race, a few uh, Senate Senate races and who holds the Senate. In this case, I think Oprah coming out for Fetterman, one, gives him a boost in the final 48 hours that he otherwise wouldn't have had. And two, it is really a slam on Dr. Oz that she would do this uh, in, in, in such a way she could have easily stayed quiet. She didn't. She said it in the course of this. So normally I would say no real effect. In this case, if the need is only to move a few thousand votes, which now some people would question whether Dr. Oz is really who he says it is, if Oprah comes out against him after having invented him, I think could have an impact. Juanita, Oprah just came out with her Christmas wish list. Oz ain't on it. What do you think? <laughs> Oz ain't on it, but those comfortable pajamas are, Stephanie, so check that list out. I think it's absolutely going to have an impact, especially among black and brown voters who know and love Oprah. So I hope this announcement isn't the only thing she does related to this race. I hope to see her engage with Fetterman on the trail over the next three to four days to make it clear, especially in, in communities where she is beloved, that she is for that she is for Fetterman and against Oz. And that will absolutely have some degree of impacting turnout in this key race that we know is going to be tight. That's right. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be really be that tight. I don't know. But it may be. It may be a nail biter. So we're going to have to wait and see. But I'm uh, sorry, but that's well, not enough. That's not enough. Oprah owes American apology because she's the one who put Dr. Oz on the map. Right. Wow. And, all right. But um, you're about three weeks late. I, you're now not impressed. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. There you this go. Is literally, this is literally minimum effort from Oprah. Mm-hmm. She, she created this, this prick. She put his name out there. And remember, Trump operates entirely on who's famous. Mm-hmm. All right, yep. all right. So he went. He supported Oz because Oz is famous. Right. Oz wouldn't be famous and weren't for Oprah. Er, therefore, Oprah is responsible for Oz. Same with same with Herschel Walker. I want an apology. I want Oprah to get up there and apologize to every American for for building this prick up. Mm-hmm. Same with Carrie Lake. She was a she was a news reporter on TV. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you know. So uh, so yeah. So uh, Carrie Lake apparently. Uh, after they called her out about her joking about Nancy Pelosi's hus- uh, husband being attacked, um, she claimed that they deceptively edited her words. Did you guys hear that? Yes. Mm, Stephen Colbert mocked her royally here. New fallout from the Paul Pelosi attack. Republican candidate for Arizona governor, Carrie Lake, making light of the incident. Nancy Pelosi, well, she's got protection when she's in D.C. Apparently her house doesn't have a lot of protection. (laughs) Now, Carrie Lake is saying that what you just heard was the result of what she called, quote, creative editing. Go back and look at the video. A lot of creative editing was done. Carrie Lake's comments obviously were not creatively edited, but here's what it would sound like if they were. I'm fraught with problems. I'm incompetent. Joe Biden is so attractive. I'm so guilty of crimes. I'm going to be the worst nightmare for the American people. Whoa. They know because they've heard me that I want to kill every man, woman, and child in this country. How do you defend that? I'm all for the most racist things that are offensive. And I hope that the cartels arrest your baby. That was hilarious. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. So next week, we'll either be cheering or crying. One of the two. 
You know, you say that, but I mean, regardless of what happens, you know, I'm I'm still going to be me and I'm still going to be, you know, pushing the ideas and, and the values that I believe in and, right. you know, and just keep trying, you That's know, right. I yeah. mean, no matter what. So elections matter and I'm glad I voted and I'm glad I, you know, encourage other people to vote. But like I said, it's like, I'm just going to, I'm still, I'm still here, you know, no matter what. That's right. That's right. So I'll give you a chance to uh, close it out, Seth. Tell people where they can check you out. Well, well, thank you, Tim. Um, you can find me on Twitter, maybe not this time next week. Who knows? I, I, I sincerely believe it's going to go dark in the in the near future. <laughs> but um, on Twitter, I'm at SethP23. Uh, you can check me and my partner. We have an Instagram account at Vegan ESP. You can check us out there where we have a lot of meals and stuff that we post and share. So thanks again for having me, Tim. This has been great. And like I said, I, I don't really have any preconceived notions of what's going to happen. I just hope for the best and I'm going to stay here no matter what. All right. Hope for the best. Race for the worst. Thank you, Seth. Yeah. And Adam? Uh, well, thank you as always for having me, Tim. Uh, sorry I sound like crap tonight, today. Uh, but uh, again, it's always fun. Um, for the love of God, get out and vote if you haven't voted already. Um, and I just want to say this week, uh, we had the 2020, uh, rock and Ho- rock and roll hall of fame inductions. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to, uh, congratulate Pat Manatar on finally getting her due. Yay, uh, right. She deserved it. She earned this. But what's even more amazing is she, um, she de- de- apparently declined induction multiple times until her husband and collaborator was going to be given equal billing. And I mean, mm. wow. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, so yeah, Judas Priest did a, re- um, did a, um, reunion, although one of the, one of the original members, uh, has silly passed, but you know, can't do anything about that unless you're a necromancer, right guys? Right. <laughs> <laughs> all but, right. um, no, c- uh, congratulations to all the inductees. You earned it except Eminem. Fuck you. <laughs> right. Um, I'm sorry. He, he first ballot. He gets in Pat Benatar has to fight for 30 freaking years. Bullshit. Bullshit. All right. Thank you, Adam. And we'll go to T. You can find me over on, um, YouTube. Tea time with tea. I like him. Ian M. I like him. I can never say it right. Eminem. I just, I just don't think he deserved the honor on his first ballot. Well, got to remember, she fought. She pushed back against it. Hmm. That is true. By herself out there. <laughs> but there are some. Sorry. She did put conditions on her induction. Right. But I'm also like Phil Collins still hasn't been inducted as a solo artist. Are you saying he doesn't deserve it, but Eminem does? I mean, that's just me. Well, maybe everybody deserves it, but everybody has a turn. But then again, you know, yeah, Phil Collins should be in there. All right. Batib, where can people check you out? Ah, you can check me out, as I said, on um, YouTube. Uh, tea Time with Tea or over on Spotify, Conversations Tea Time with Tea. Right now I'm under suspension on Facebook. I've been a bad girl. Uh-oh. Huh. <laughs> Hopefully that's over soon. Don't worry, T. I'll spring you out. Joe and I will spring you from the brig. <laughs> Alright. And Joe? Uh, you can find 
you could find me uh, permanently banned on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you could find me uh, on Facebook, yet not banned. And you can find me on uh, WordPress, jsantorsa.wordpress.com, where you have the Cloud and Car update every week and Monday, or on Fridays, 7 to 10 Eastern. I'm on, uh, it came from Cleveland, on radioforhumans.com. All right, and you can follow. And we don't discuss politics over there, by the way. Oh, you discuss horror movies, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which are some of the politics. Right, but that's another story. That's another story. But uh, the demons of MAGA, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, but you can follow me on uh, Twitter for now, <laughs> and Facebook Tim Cormall. I'm on Instagram, but I only look at crazy cat videos. So, uh, but uh, we'll close out with this week's latest song from our good buddy Lauren Mayer. Voter fraud is a fraud. The Election Denial Edition. <laughs> so with that, take it away, Lauren, and we will see you all soon. Free and fair elections are the heart of democracy, which I guess is why they fight them in the modern GOP. Sowing election doubt and denial as conspiracy theories they applaud. Trotting out that same old tired myth, but voter fraud is a fraud. These days their only platform is sowing resentment and fear Plus making voting harder, which they're not even trying to hide this year They say they're just addressing concerns they raise themselves Which is seriously flawed Voter suppression is a real problem But voter fraud is a fraud these strict ID requirements discriminate. There is evidence to confirm it. Like, why can't you use a student ID, but you can use a gun permit? Plus poll watching and voter intimidation, which should be outlawed, yeah. In the name of something that's really unlikely, because voter fraud is a fraud. Let's do the numbers, okay? For example, you're more likely to win the lottery or be struck by lightning or to be elected to Congress, which these days is really frightening. Birth to quadruplets or win an Olympic gold medal or be hurt by a pogo stick or an exploding Rachel Ray tea kettle. Being attacked by a shark is more likely also flying to the moon or being canonized or being killed by a vending machine or balloon or killed by flammable pajamas or mad cow disease. Voter fraud is less likely than all of these. Such ludicrous excuses their argument is made of, which makes you think which part of democracy are they afraid of? Screwing with voting machines and systems with their methods so roughshod. It rhymes. When restrictions are so broad, we can see through the facade of this right-wing goon squad as they desperately maraud till we're all left slack-jawed saying, oh my god, voter fraud is a fraud. Yeah, 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 Hey, it's Lauren, and if you enjoyed this video or any of my weekly topical comedy songs, I hope you consider supporting them through my Patreon page, where for as little as $2 a month, you can help me continue to help you laugh at the news that would otherwise make you cry. And you can check out other ways to support my work by clicking more in the information section right below this video. Thanks!